I I feel like we needed like uh, a Red Bull or something. Oh my god, Th- this this movie, this this Smurfing movie <laughs> should only be watched if you're drinking like the absolute most terrible cheapest vodka that you can buy and then you mix it with red bull and then you watch this movie as you're ascending out of the earth's atmosphere (laughs) i was gonna say that this is like it's a kids movie but it's not a kids movie that i think adults will enjoy it's no like put it on for your kids and then don't look directly at it don't don't look at it mary and close your eyes Do not engage with this movie. When I turned on this movie, it was like, oh, this movie's rated PG for some mild, like, disgusting humor. It it deserved higher. Is that what it was called? Mild, disgusting humor? It was something like that. The, the MPAA or whatever it was, whoever it was that rated it, they were like, oh, it's not that bad. But yes, it is. <laughs> The MPAA said, "Oh, this is nasty." No, the, it's that they didn't think it was nasty. It was as nasty as it actually is. <laughs> I'm suffering. Why did we do this to ourselves? It's partially my fault because I suggested it. <laughs> so sorry about that. It's okay. I'll forgive you. <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff this show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Hello, everybody, and welcome to Loser Like Smurf. Normally, we're a Glee podcast, but this time, we subjected ourselves to watching the 2011 movie Smurfs. I'm Christina. I'm Tanner, and I'm exhausted. This movie is an hour and 44 minutes long. It took me two hours and 44 minutes to watch. Yeah, I'm about the same. It's it's about 25 minutes too long. Yeah, and I have, uh, we'll get to this when we talk about this movie, but I have some thoughts on things they could have taken out. Me too. <sighs> God, so much, it's anti- God, the first two acts are just antics. It's just the Smurfs smurfing around. Yes, the, the Smurfing Smurfs smurfing around in the Smurfing movie. I can feel the headache beginning behind my eyes <laughs> after having watched this movie. <laughs> I had a headache on Saturday morning, and I thought it was just because I didn't get enough sleep, but no, it was tr- my brain was trying to protect me from watching Smurfs. <sighs> well, let's hope that after we talk about this, we'll be able to just tilt our heads and then have all the content run out the other ear. I was trying to do that this morning, too. Oh no, did it work? <laughs> No, it didn't. There's a brain in the way, so even as hard as I blasted the water through one ear, it wouldn't reach the other. Oh, I mean, I'm glad you have a brain, but I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I don't know about you, but I don't have any like behind the scenes information on this movie. I have I have some. I I could I couldn't tell you who wrote. Well, I couldn't tell you who directed it. I couldn't tell you anything. So do you want to start? I because I put it. I did put it on our our spreadsheet. Awesome. All right, The Smurfs was released on June sixteenth, twenty eleven. So shortly after the conclusion of season two of Glee, it was directed mm-hmm. by Raja Gosnell, who is a white man. And on Wikipedia, it says that he is uh, commonly mistaken of being from Indian descent, but actually he's just named after his father's friend, Raja Mohideen. <sighs> it was written by J. David Stern, David N. Weiss, J. Sherrick, and David Ron, which is a perfectly reasonable number of writers, I'm sure. <laughs> I think... So, confession, at one point, I just literally had to pull out the Wikipedia article from the movie to help me while I was watching the movie. Who are these and people I, and who are these Smurfs? Well, yeah, basically. And I think I saw something about some of the writing team being involved in Shrek 2. And how could they do this to me? Uh, in June 2008, it was announced that Columbia Pictures and Sony Pictures Animation obtained the rights from Lafigue, Belgium. Kerner said the current project started with Sony during a conversation with Chairman CEO Michael Linton, who grew up watching the Smurfs in the Netherlands. Kerner explained he relished them as I do, and suggested that it should be a live-action CG film. Amy Pascal felt equally that there was potentially a series of films in the making. Shrek 2 writers J. David Stern and David N. Weiss wrote the screenplay, along with Zoopkeeper writers Jay Sherrick and David Braun. Jay, David, how could you do this to us? You gave us a phenomenal film, and then you did this. Quentin Tarantino was in talks to play Brainy Smurf, however, these did not pan out. Thank you. Thank you. I think that if Brainy Smurf had been voiced by Quentin Tarantino, he would have even more so earned the nickname that I gave him in my notes, but also then there would have had to be a foot scene. Because Quentin Tarantino. Uh, you know, apparently there's a natural Smurf, and their whole shtick is that they, they, they only wear pants, they don't have like the, the onesie things going on, so that's, that's the Tarantino Smurf. <sighs> is feet smurf <laughs> um let me tell people the cast because you're not going to know who they are and it's going to take you approximately if you're watching this approximately half an hour to be able to tell any of these smurfs apart yeah i truthfully i didn't even like i came up with nicknames for the smurfs except for one of them and i like i just wrote down the main char- i called the main characters by their actors names <laughs> so yeah, take they're... it away tanner <laughs> So we have Jonathan Winters as Papa Smurf, who's he's the one who wears red and has a beard. Katy Perry as Smurfette, who is the only girl. Her personality is a girl. Anton Yelchin, Rip, is clumsy Smurf. Yeah. He's clumsy. Yeah. Um, in the original cartoon, he had a southern accent, but apparently he just speaks the higher Anton Yelchin voice now because of they decided to take creative liberties or something. Uh, Fred Armisen is Raimi Smurf, not Quentin Tarantino. Alan oh, Cumming yeah. is Gutsy Smurf who was created specifically for the film, and is Scottish and wears a kilt. Yes, that's it. <laughs> that's His personality is kilt. I don't know why he was, if he was created because they really wanted a Scottish Smurf, or because they really wanted Alan Cumming. Probably because they really wanted Alan Cumming. Oh, yeah. Uh, George Lopez is Grouchy Smurf, who's always grouchy. <laughs> to prepare for his role of being grouchy, Lopez did not drink coffee, made sure he had bad breath, and picked the busiest time to get to the studio. I am currently on the IMDb page for trivia for the Smurfs movie, and there are 70 articles of trivia on IMDb for this. We, no, we can't. The, That's a separate no, podcast. The, That's the, the Smurfcast. Oh no, we can't do that. I'm not strong enough. 
Um, the the most interesting piece of information that I found here is that the filmmakers cast Katy Perry blind. Like oh, they they did a actually. they did a voice test where they like pulled voices from previous interviews. And they were like, oh, this voice fits this character. Damn, Katy Perry, you sound like girl. <laughs> yes, you sound like the perfect example of blue femininity for this <laughs> for this movie that we're making. Um, the, of the live action cast, we have Hank Azaria as Gargamel, uh, Mr. Crinkle as yeah. Azrael, the cat. Mr. Yes. Crinkle is a cat. Mr. Crinkle is good. Um, yeah, Hank, Hank, Hank Azaria, 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 Hank, Hank Azaria, aka a lot of characters from The Simpsons, and also Bartok. He does a lot of voices. Good for him. So here's the here's the thing is that because of when I was born and what I watched growing up, I know Hank Azaria from the Godzilla movie. Okay. Okay. He was a cameraman. Okay. Okay. I I think this is the first time I've ever seen him live action. Neil Patrick Harris plays Patrick Pat Winslow, whose name I did not clock for the first half of the movie, and when I found out it was Patrick, I was just like, it's just Neil Patrick Harris! This my is just so easy. In all my notes, he's NPH. In my notes, he's just he's just Neil Patrick Harris. He is just na- national public radio. Yes. Um, Jayma Mays is Grace, who's Patrick's wife. Mm-hmm. Sophia Vergara is Odile Angelou, who mm-hmm. runs in a cosmetics company. And Tim Gunn is here. <laughs> yeah, I was I was real surprised to find uh, Sofia Vergara and Tim Gunn slumming it in this movie. <laughs> like I thought Tim Gunn was just a cameo, but no, he's like he he doesn't have an arc, but he's like a minor character. The, these are the depths to which you felt you had to stoop. All human actors involved in this movie. Um, Joan Rivers, Liz Smith, Tom Colicchio, Olivia Palermo, and Michael Musso all make cameos in the film, but I only recognize Joan Rivers. Um, and then Smurf cameos are Jeff Foxworthy as Handy Smurf, Paul Rubens as Jokey Smurf, Gary Bazaraba as Hefty Smurf, John Oliver as Vanity Smurf, mm-hmm. Keenan Thompson as Greedy Smurf, BJ Novak as Baker Smurf, Joel McCreary as Farmer Smurf, Wolfgang Puck as Chef Smurf, John Casser as Crazy Smurf, who is, I, I'm not sure about naming a Smurf Crazy Smurf. Yeah. Tom Kane is narrator Smurf, who's the only Smurf I like. And Frank oh, Welker. He's good. Frank Welker is Azrael, Gargamel's cat, who's the best character in the film. Uh, unless. Unless it's Elway. El- See, Elway is true, but Elway doesn't get accredited as a character. Yeah. The dog playing Elway, the Basset Hound, was unknown. Oh, Elway's a good dog. Anyways, should we begin this movie? Uh, let's go for it. It starts off with a narrator who we soon find is narrator Smurf, telling us that- It starts off with, actually here, I can show you that I took notes on my fancy new iPad, hashtag nonspawn. Ooh. (laughs) I was like, I finally, I need to use a drawing surface that's not my 2011 bamboo tablet. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a brand or is that what it was made of? That's the brand. Okay. Um, but yeah, so- (laughs) I don't understand how that happened. I have this thing on Do Not Disturb. <laughs> how dare you do me this? <laughs> it's like, yo, you watch the Smurfs, you're already disturbed. I'm putting it in, I'm putting this thing in airplane mode. <laughs> <laughs> Things I did not think about before starting the recording. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so the narration starts with, there is a place that knows no sadness. 
Uh, my note here is, can I go there? <laughs> uh, it also says that it's filled with people who are three apples high, which is a bald face lie. <laughs> they are one apple high at best. Really? Or they've got some really fucking tiny apples in Belgium. Maybe. Maybe they were thinking of crab apples. Maybe? Maybe. Anyway, anyway, here's the Smurfs. It's their it's the Smurf village. Okay, okay. Anyways, it's it's the festival of the blue moon and everyone's and he's like, everyone in the Smurf village is named after the one personality trait they have, and now everyone lives in harmony. Mm-hmm. Um and Clumsy Smurf is fucking disaster. And yes. he knocked something over, and Handy Smurf was like, Don't worry, Clumsy, you keep me employed! That was funny. That that was a good line. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically like, hey, look, here's the festival, and here's the here's the main uh, non-human protagonist. His name, he's Clumsy! Womp womp. Uh, yeah, and then he's like, he wants to be in the rehearsal for the Blue Moon Festival pageant, which is just them singing the la 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 song. Mm-hmm. Um, just sing a lot. <laughs> we get to introduce to some of the uh, other Smurfs um, as they go, and there there are a couple of ones. Would you like to tell us who we get introduced to, Hannah, and then I'll tell you the nicknames that I came up with for them? Okay, well, I know there was Handy Smurf. I didn't have a nickname for him. Um, apparently there's a Hefty Smurf who has, like, a mom tattoo. Didn't see him. Uh, Jokey Smurf has, like, a prank present that he tries to give to Clumsy. Oh yeah, I did see that, but I don't have a nickname for him. John Oliver is Vanity Smurf. That was fun. I didn't have a nickname for him, though, because he only showed up twice. <laughs> I guess he's I guess he's doing double dirty as duty as, like, choreography Smurf. I guess so. Um, Keenan Thompson is Greedy Smurf who loves Smurf berries, but he, like... You don't even really see him. You just hear him while he's riding a stork. And he's like, mm-hmm. ah, I got some Smurf berries! Okay, bye. Yeah, really. BJ Novak is Baker Smurf. He has pizzas. Oh, he's the one who was like, I invented frozen pizzas! And it's like, thank you for your service. Uh, Joel McCrary is Farmer Smurf, who I don't even think we saw. I think he was at the end. Be- well, Wolfgang Puck is Chef Smurf. Wait, maybe he's the... F- no, he's not Baker Smurf. He's Chef Smurf. I don't know. There are two genders. Bakers and chefs. Um, <laughs> John Cassier is uh, <laughs> Smurf, uh, and his situation is that he just makes whoops. Oh, oh, okay. That's alarm. Did you Smurf. nickname any of the Smurfs? I did, but I nicknamed the main ones. Okay. Sorry, that's I should have been clearer. <laughs> like the movie. <laughs> okay, so we uh, Grumpy and Gutsy are trying to keep Clumsy out of rehearsal because ah, uh, yes. everyone's worried that Clumsy will just fucking kill them. Ah, yes. Uh, you said, uh, what was it? Grumpy and, uh, what's his face? Gutsy. Grumpy and Gutsy. Did you mean asshole and Shrek? <laughs> he is doing a very Shrek voice. It's literally, and that's Alan Cumming. Has Alan Cumming ever been in any of the Shrek movies? I don't know. Like, I, I know, I know Alan Cumming is an actual Scott. He's Shrek Smurf, and Grumpy Smurf is Asshole Smurf. And I think at this point we also got introduced to uh, Brainy Smurf, who I called, well, actually, Smurf. Pretty much. He, like, he, he barges <laughs> past the two of them, he's like, well, actually, um, you two do not have the proper IQ to properly explain to Clumsy why he's a fucking menace to society, so... Essentially, yes. And it, it's basically like, Clumsy, you can't be here because you're going to just screw everything up if you're here. So go do something else. Okay, bye. 
Uh, and then Clumsy manages to launch himself into the rehearsal area and knocks everyone into a river or something. Uh, anyways. Anyway. Uh, who wants... <laughs> remember how we were talking about how the, the, the portrayal of Jewish people on Glee is a little... <laughs> yeah, how about another example of how that's uh, bad? How about a better example? And by better, we mean worse. Yes, how about a more stereotypical example? By the way, by the way, uh, Peo, the guy who created the Smurfs, he sounds like kind of an asshole. Yeah. I looked up Gargamel, who's the evil wizard who's trying to uh, catch the Smurfs so he can power his magic. I looked him up and like, it's like, am I the only person who thinks this is a little bit anti-Semitic Jewish stereotype? And there's like a section on Wikipedia that just goes, yeah, he is. And when guys at the creators were asked about it, they are like, yeah, it's funny. Jewish people, it's, fun, it's funny Jew, funny evil Jew, man, isn't that funny? I, I don't want to excuse the behavior. I feel like maybe part of it is that, like, similar to, uh, <laughs> here's a shout out, um, like, you and Lindsay and I talked about on Not If I Boot You First for the Tintin episode, how a lot of, like, a, a lot of the attitudes of the time, as incorrect as they were towards Jewish people, towards non-white people, came across a lot in art and need to be regarded as such. Like, I'm not excusing it. I'm saying, like, this was a product of the times. That apparently they decided they need to carry over into the 2011 movie. <laughs> For some smurfing reason. I, I do want to add, this is a little bit more damning, that so Gargamel's cat is named Azrael, which in Hebrew actually means God is my helper. And so in Isra Isra uh, Israeli translations of the Smurf, he is called a Hatatul, which is composed of the Hebrew words for fear and cat. Um, and in both Jewish and Muslim tradition, Azrael is the name of the angel of death. In addition to this, it was a Jewish name, so it could be used as an in-joke for Delport's Jewish wife, because Delport was another creator of the Smurfs. Hmm. It's not great. Should we just call him Kitty? <laughs> I mean, I like the name Azrael. And Me too. The, like, the angel of death doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. No. She's uh, she's pretty chill in one of the Rankin-Bass Santa Claus movies. Oh, nice. She shows up and she's like, I'm going to kill Santa. And then, I don't know, the elf king or something is like, I've made Santa immortal. And the angel of death is like, sweet, see ya. Oh, is that uh, by... No, wait, is that Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas... No, that's not Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. It's, it's like the Santa Claus origin story. Okay, I think... I think they talked about that on I Will Fight You, right? I feel like that's where I know this from. Oh, no, I think I think that was um, uh, Saturday Morning Obscurities. Oh, the Santa Claus origin oh, yeah. story. Oh, yeah. Go listen to our friends' podcasts, y'all. Go listen. Has hashtag sponsorship, except they've sponsored us with friendship. Hashtag friendly pod promo. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, the point being, there's a lot of evidence that pointing to Peo and Delport thinking, hey, you know what's funny? Uh, evil Jew man. You know what's actually not funny? is doing that. Yeah. I mean, they were also extremely sexist, too. Hence the reason why there's only one girl one? and everyone wants to fuck her. One woman. One, one female identifying Smurf in the entire village. They sing about it later. Let's we'll get, get out of, let's get out of this hole. Anyways, Gargamel is the worst character, but Azrael is the best character. Let me tell you why Azrael is the best character, because, <laughs> or I, I, do you want to talk about Azrael? Oh, I, I just have a quick, a quick goof. Um, because basically we get to see Gargamel, or as my notes uh, kept auto-correcting him to, Greg. Uh, Greg is just kind of wandering around his the forest, and he's like, I must find a smurf. And Azrael is like, gives him the side eye, and he's like, 
I am not obsessed with Smurfs, he said, you know, like a liar. (laughs) (laughs) I love Azrael because- Azrael is best kitty. He's portrayed, I want to say, like 30%, 70% live action CGI. Mm -hmm. The animation for Azrael is so good. Yeah, it honestly reminds me of uh, the cat Goose. Is that what his name is from Captain Marvel? Yes. Yeah, reminds me of that cat. Also because they're both orange tabbies and I love orange tabbies. Yes. And Azrael, he he only makes cat noises, but he makes them like almost in the cadence of people, but mostly it's just mm-hmm. him going And I like when cats make cat noises. They're very good. Cats are very good. And also this this is going to sound weird, but because he's CGI, Greg can be really mean to him. Like, mm-hmm. just toss him out a window and shit, and you don't really feel, like, super concerned because you know this is a cartoon cat, even though it's a live-action cat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Azrael is best kitty. <laughs> Which, I'm I'm obviously not advocating for being mean to your cartoon cats. No. <laughs> but I am saying... At, at the end of the movie, they even had disclaimers saying, like, no digital cats were hurt in the making of this film, and also, no real cats were hurt either. <laughs> yeah. It just, it's... It's one of those things that works within the context of the movie, but do not watch the movie to understand what I mean. Just trust me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if he captures the Smurf and drains it of his happy blue essence, then Gar- uh, Greg's magic will become invincible. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to teleport himself and he just blows up his castle. Yep. Womp womp. Then we get to see Papa Smurf, uh, who's the one in the red suit with the santa beard he does some kind of magic foretelling vision of like hey what's this next year gonna look like and pretty good it doesn't seem because <laughs> it's he he sees like oh clumsy is trying to grab a dragon wand and other smurfs are in cages and greg is there in the background and he's like oh this is not good and then and then Clumsy says, did somebody say not good? Because <laughs> he walks into Papa's house, I guess. And Papa's like, oh, like, oh, shouldn't you be a practice? And Clumsy's like, I hurt 15 people. And then Papa kind of white fangs him and tells him, like, you stay here. You can't do anything right. Just sit in the corner until we tell you to move. And Clumsy's like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna go find some Smurf root. You know, Papa Smurf really should have um, taken a page out of Ed- the Oedipus myth and just tried to kill Clumsy then and there. <laughs> that was not the poll I thought you were gonna pull, Tanner. <laughs> anyway, like, when Clumsy is off looking for Smurf root, he ends up uh, wandering out of, like, the magical blue sphere that encloses their home. And he runs into Azariel and Greg. And Greg chases after him with, like, a comically large butterfly net. And they find out, oh, hey, this magical barrier, it does nothing. Because he... (laughs) It's literally just an invisibility dome. It's literally just an invisibility dome. Because he picks up Azariel and just, like, hucks him through the barrier. And then he waits a a a few minutes... He, he waits a few seconds and he goes, Azariel, are you okay? And you hear, he, he doesn't say, are you okay? He goes, Azrael, are you dead? <laughs> yeah, which is which is a good bit. And then you just hear like, a, from the other side. So he's like, okay, let's go. And it's, and then Clumsy runs back in after Papa Smurf is talking to Girl Smurf. 
Like, oh, what ha- Oh, how was your vision, Papa? <gasps> Whoa! And then, oh no, Greg's here! Greg's here! Uh, they all run away, and uh, they try to defend themselves from Greg with Ewok technology. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Clumsy runs down a path, and he sees a sign with a narrow one. It's like, go this way! And he's like, oh, I'm gonna go this way! And then he runs past it, and then like he knocks over a branch that was covering up, and it actually, the sign actually says, do not go this way. Yeah. Also, it, during like the village attack, it, it's pretty much just like Greg literally rampaging through and like stomping on presumably the sets they made for him to rampage through when they were filming the live action footage. Yeah. But I feel like it's fun because it emphasizes like, oh hey, this is like a a human live action man stomping through everything, so you get to see like the buildings crumbling when he steps on them or trips through them, that kind of a thing. And that was a fun touch. I'm scrambling for things to find fun in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there are brief moments. Yes. Of levity. There are. And I have to seize on them when they are. But yeah, so Clumsy went the wrong way. And so then uh, um, Grouchy, Brainy, Papa, Gutsy, and Girl Smurf are like, oh, we have to go save him. Mm-hmm. And they follow him and like he, he goes down this like dark tunnel and like almost jumps off a cliff into a waterfall. And then they catch him. But mm-hmm. then the blue moon rises and it hits the waterfall and opens a portal and they all get sucked into the portal and mm-hmm. they land in New and, York. And w- Will actually Smurf is like, well, actually, it's a vortex. And they're like, oh my gosh, shut up. <laughs> As they get sucked into this portal transport thing. And they, they, they land in New York City and then we see on the other side of the portal that Greg is now like, because he was the one who like showed up and sent them into the portal in the first place because they didn't want him to catch them or whatever. But he shows up and he's like, okay, I don't know if this is safe or not. Hey, Azariel, here! And he just hooks him through the portal again and then, Azariel, are you dead? And then he deliberates for a moment before going, must have smurfs! And then he goes through the portal himself and his, like, his back legs are sticking out as he tries to go through this Smurf-sized portal, yeah. and it's strange, but it works. <laughs> oh, so here's- now Now I know what I was trying to say. Azrael can partake in the slapstick comedy, and you don't worry about it because he's not a real yeah, cat. Yeah! <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's a good point. That's what I was trying to say before. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Neil Patrick Harris is here, and he works for like- and he does advertising for a makeup company. And, and he's at an event, and he's like, oh, I'm nervous, because it's an important event. And Tim Gunn is here, and he's like, make it work, Neil Patrick Harris, and then he leaves. Um, and his he's boss, like, I said, I said played- my one line, give me ten million dollars now. Yeah, I feel like, see, I feel like it wasn't that Tim Gunn was slumming it. I feel like he charged enough that, th- he charged a high rate, and they're like, well, we really need Tim Gunn in this, this movie, but we want to make use of him, so we're going to invent more scenes for Tim Gunn to be involved in. I mean, fine, I guess. But yeah, Neil Patrick Harris's boss is so uh, Odile, who's played by Sofia Vergara. Mm-hmm. And she she shows up and she tells him like, "Hey, Neil Patrick Harris, uh, I've just promoted you because the previous person who was in charge of marketing uh, did not impress me, so I had his head put on put on a stick, and you have two days to completely revamp the branding for this new makeup line that we're trying to launch." And he's I, like, I did actually. I write down their initial exchange. Please so do. You, so you fired Ralph. His campaign was rubbish. He gave me what I asked for, not what I wanted. Can you give me what I want? Is that what you're asking for? 
How can I know what I'm asking for if I don't know what I want? In his defense, clients do get like this. Yeah. She, she's very much that boss. She is, uh... Yes. She's what's-her-name from The Devil Wears Prada? Yeah, what's-her-face? Uh, the Devil Wears Smurfs. Oh, no. She's Meryl Streep from The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anna Winter, also- that's her name. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. Um, basically, she tells Neil Patrick Harris, you have two days to do this thing. And he's like, well, if God made the world in six, in six days, I guess I could do this thing in two. And she says, fail me, and maybe you can go work for God. <laughs> and, like, that line is metal. And I like it. That, that is a good line. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. so he's like, oh, I gotta get the makeup samples and stuff as homework. And while he's dithering around, Azrael, like, chases Clumsy, and Clumsy falls into one of the boxes. And then Neil Patrick Harris doesn't notice it. So he uh, takes the boxes into his cab. And the other smurfs are like, oh no, clumsy again, fucking, okay. Yeah. And so they uh, jump on top of the cab, and then Greg is chasing the cab, and uh, Neil Patrick Harris inside the cab doesn't see him. He's like, oh no, I forgot my phone. And so the cab stops, and Gargamel mm-hmm. slams into the back and falls over. And mm-hmm. then Neil Patrick Harris is like, oh, never mind, I have it. Okay, let's go. And drives yeah. away. But then Greg has a business card! Yes. And I just want to take, honestly, like a moment to shout out, like, the physical work that Hank Azariah was doing Azaria. as Greg. Yeah, I think that Hank Azaria. You're you're getting Hank Azaria mixed up with Azrael because you're both calling them both Azariah. Sorry, um, <laughs> sorry. Hank Azaria was doing a good job with like the physical comedy of playing Greg because he does this like. But even when he's, like, running, he does this, like, like, kind of, like, disjointed, comedic, like, high-step thing when he runs. He does run like a cartoon. Yes, he runs like a cartoon, and I found that a little bit delightful. It's one of the only things that I will find delightful about him. Anyways, Vampire Weekend is playing. It's Vampire Weekend? It's the Vampire Weekend! I didn't know that. I never listened to them. I mean, I don't know what song it is, but I recognize the sounds of Vampire Weekend. Ah, okay. And the, all the Smurfs on top of the cab are like, wow, it's New York, wow. And then mm-hmm. they, uh, they blend in by standing in front of a Blue Man group ad on the cab's top. I feel like the movie was designed, this movie was pitched with that gag in mind. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and as, as they drive on this, of course they have to drive through Times Square because it's a movie set in New York and they only know one thing about New York. And, in this case, is that they drive through and they see people busking, and they identify they they identify someone busking as the Statue of Liberty and Elmo as the Green Goblin and Red Troll, <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to see billboards for oddly enough Arthur Christmas and Community and Community and like Broadway stuff, but it's fine. Yeah, we and- don't talk about Broadway on this podcast. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> My note here is, you know what? I think I'd rather be watching Enchanted. <laughs> <laughs> Same! But, oh wait, no, I was about to say no one from that movie was on Glee, but no, uh, Idina Menzel was in that. What if we stopped this and we just tried to recall Enchanted from memory? <laughs> I could probably do a pretty good job. I like Enchanted. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time, but one of my friends uh, had a DVD of it when she was in college, and I would ask to borrow it because she didn't care for Enchanted, but I did. <laughs> You should have just bought it off her. I should have. <laughs> it's it's fine. I, I should have asked. I should have asked that. 
I could probably just literally text you right now and be like, hey, Emily, can I buy your Enchanted DVD off of you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Neil gets home. He's like, hello, Grace, my wife, played by Jama Mays. You are pregnant. And she's like, I am. Speak to the baby so it recognizes your voice. And he's like, hello, I am your father. (laughs) Yeah, and they have kind of a cute apartment. And I think their relationship is good. The The actors are doing a good job. Um, and also because Jayma actually gets to emote in yeah. this role, instead of just standing around looking like a scared deer the whole time. And also, apparently their apartment building, I saw this on the IMDb trivia page, apparently it's called McKinley. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Shared universe! Oh no, there, there cannot be a Smurfs shared universe, unless you're going to have... Unless we're going to make a sequel movie where Chris Colfer plays their grown-up son in New York, befriending the Smurfs. Uh, but, th- but then we'd have to, like, time skip to the future. That'd be cyberpunk Smurfs. That, you know, that would probably be a better, <laughs> better movie than this one Smurf 2077. Better than be, both of these. That'd be better than this one would be. At least Smurfs isn't bad to trans people. Anyway, back to their apartment. They're married! And he can't they, come to the ultrasound because yeah. he has to work all through the night. Oh no, he can't come to the ultrasound, and then he's like, um, maybe I can if I just work nonstop all through the night. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I'm gonna go to bed and leave you to do that. Yeah. And then the, the Smurfs. Yeah, this is actually, this is the part where um, Greg and Azrael are. Azrael, right? Asriel. No, Asriel. <laughs> this is the part where Greg and Asriel are hanging out on a park bench, and Greg is like, but I do not know how to find the Smurfs! And Asriel hocks up a hairball, and I did not think that a hairball was going to be pivotal to the plot of this movie. But it was. And they showed it in full detail, and I don't know why they thought they had to do that. Yeah, it's a real nasty hairball, and they got, like, real up and close. Anyone who's ever had a cat could watch this and tell you that that's exactly what it looks like. And this is a, the true the true thing that you do when you have a cat, which is, like, sometimes you just kind of have to sit there and watch your cat hock up a hairball, and it's disgusting, but there's nothing that you can do about it. <laughs> um, And Greg waxes poetic at the hairball because it's got Smurfette's hair in it. Um, Which is but, like, disgusting. I, I do, I do like it when like, so Ezreal is hacking it up while Greg is like bemoaning. He's like, "I'm sorry. Is my are, <laughs> am I interrupting your uh, vomiting?" And then mm-hmm. he hacks the hairball up and then like tries shoving it at at uh, Greg. He's like, "Look at, look at it, look at it." And Greg's like, "No, I don't want it." Ah, oh wait, that's the smell. <laughs> that's true. He's like, oh, let let me use this fragment of Smurfette's hair to concoct a magic potion that will let me track them. And he says, but first I must find a laboratory to work in. And then he finds a laboratory instead because he goes into a porta potty. Porta potty joke. That's it. It's disgusting. <laughs> and then he and then he sees Belvedere Castle, which I guess is a real castle in Central Park. Mm-hmm. It is. I feel like I went there in Spider Man. Probably. I don't remember if I saw that when I went to New York a couple of years ago. Central Park is very large. Yeah, because they bulldoze an entire black neighborhood for it. Yeah, 
Also, fun fact, there's there are no okay, I guess Ke- Keenan Thompson is in this movie for 30 seconds, but otherwise there's no black people in this. There's there's there is the black child who yells and kicks Neil Patrick Harris. That's right, in the that's Sky Jackson from Blackish does kick Neil Patrick Harris in the shins. Nice! Good for her. <laughs> Good for her in getting roles that early and then continuing to be involved in film since she wants to be. But also it was a funny moment. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> they they all they all end up at the apartment. The Smurfs and, do. Yeah, the Smurfs do. And Clumsy gets to be clumsy because he climbs out of a box, and then he ends up in the toilet being chased there by Elway, the very good Basset Hound. He like gets toilet paper stuck in the toilet, and then Jima Maze is like, "Oh my god, I have to do this," and goes to get the toilet paper out of the toilet bowl and stuff. And then she finds, surprise! Your toilet paper contained a Smurf. <laughs> and while this is happening, uh, the other Smurfs have gotten into the apartment, and they go inside the box to find Clumsy, but Clumsy's already clumsy his way out of the box. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Neil Patrick Harris opens up the box and sees the Smurf. And everyone yelling! Ah! That's me yelling! <laughs> that's basically it. They they do like a Gulliver's Travels on Neil Patrick Harris. They like hogtie him by the force. <laughs> really, it's just Gutsy who's hogtying him. Yeah, it's really just Shrek Smurf who's doing that. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Grace runs in and she's like, "No, look, they're friendly." She she it's like it's like she literally looks at at clumsy because she has him like cornered against the bathroom window with a toilet brush, and he speaks, and her brain is like, "Baby." <laughs> and so then she like walks out to Neil Patrick Harris and she's holding him like look he's a baby he's a baby and my pregnancy hormones have kicked in it's a baby <laughs> and- um, but yeah and then Gutsy his hog tied him he's like you're lucky your lassie intervened or I was about to make haggis out of your innards which <sighs> that would be less impressive if that wasn't literally how you make haggis by the uh, Smurfs eat people. <sighs> it's a cuckbuck! <sighs> uh, and then Gargamel puts some Smurf juice in his ring. Next. Yeah, he, he makes like he makes like blue food coloring gel out of the piece of hair that he got. Gargamel slime like, tutorial. Oh gosh. You know, surprised they didn't try to monopolize on that. <laughs> I don't think slime tutorials existed in 2011. No, I'm saying I'm surprised they didn't try to do that now. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, oh, look, it's the next morning in the McKinley apartment, and they're all having breakfast together, and the Smurfs are being cute, and oh, look, they're helping make orange juice and clean strawberries! And I mean, G- only really Smurfette is helping with that. The other ones are just causing chaos across the entire kitchen, and I'm thinking, at this point, you're all clumsy Smurf! Yeah. And basically, then... This is like, oh hey, let's show them Google and Ooh, and Google. yeah, yeah, yeah. N- Neil Patrick Harris sits down because they're like, oh, we require a blue moon to be able to travel back to our home plane to the Debbie plane of the Smurfs. And Neil Patrick Harris is like, okay, well, I googled it on this computer that's using an operating system from two thousand and six. <laughs> and okay well also like, the, again 2011 i don't think the force obsolescence was hitting people that hard i mean i guess but he works in a very professional field of advertising where he should have updated his os by now 
But anyway, it's there. It's like blatant product placement. Cause like, oh yeah, I just googled it, and they're like, Google. Like the first stolen joke in this movie is stealing it from the little green men in Toy Story. Yeah. And he, they're basically just like, oh, okay, how do we get a blue moon? And you know, Patrick Harris is like, the moon's not blue. And my note here is, if you can't make your own, store bought is fine. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. And then Greg's wandering around Midtown Manhattan, and he tries to talk to people, but they're all using Bluetooth because it was 2011. Yeah. Or 2010 when they were filming. And yeah, it's- oh, I, I really don't like this scene. Um, yeah, he- Except for one joke where he runs up to a guy wearing plaid, and he goes, please, young woodsman. Yeah, which is fun. Because that implies that there are woodsmen who wear plaid in the Smurf demiplane. Um, he, he talks to an unhoused person, who he thinks is a wizard. And the he the the guy just kind of like says like oh yeah there's little blue people everywhere and he just kind of goes yay and wanders off and it's like it's not super comfy but yeah I don't like the scene is they... blessedly over <laughs> yeah the I don't like how they make the mentally unwell joke several times about both Gargamel and just the homeless guy yeah also I do have to mention that um in the, in another scene in the apartment. Uh, Neil asks the Smurfs if they get their names when they're born or after they exhibit those traits. And all the Smurfs just go, yup! Which one is it? Yup. <laughs> oh, that that made me think of a question I had, Tanner, which is, what would your name be if you were a Smurf? Um, podcast Smurf. No, Spreadsheet Smurf. <laughs> spreadsheet Smurf. Nice. Who are you? Sketchy Smurf, but like drawing sketchy, not sketchy sketchy. <laughs> and if I got introduced to the Smurf colony that way, they'd be like, oh, she's sketchy Smurf. But it's like, no, I actually just really like drawing. I don't know why my name is sketchy. Instead of, no, no, my name would be Drawer Smurf. As, okay, so then then in the apartment, the Smurfs are the, the humans. They're like, I have to, I have to go to work, and she has to go get an ultrasound. And they don't say it. A good example of show not tell is that now, now Neil is missing the ultrasound anyways because he could not work all through the night on account of smurfing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're like, "Wow, Grace changed outfits." Uh, I didn't, and Smurfette's like, "I didn't know you could have more than one outfit." And then the the boy Smurfs are like, "She only changed it because she got the other one dirty. Probably don't be rude." And then uh, Neil Patrick Harris. You know, Patrick Harris is like, I use uh, gr- um, group, not group chats, what's it called? Focus groups. I use focus yes. groups to tell what kind of ads people want to make people to make buy things. And they're like, he tells the future. He's a fortune teller. He must have yeah. a stargazer at his place of business. Because yeah, you need a stargazer. They, in order to be able to get back to their demiplane, they need a, they need a stargazer, which is a telescope. They need... A magic spell to get them there, and they need for the moon to be blue. There are yeah, these they, three things. They have to smurf the moon. They have to smurf the moon. Smurf the planet! Jeez. Smurfers of the world unite! <laughs> but yeah, so five of the Smurfs follow Neil Patrick Harris to work, and they tell Clumsy to stay behind because they hate him. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they he gets, like... He gets to work and he finds that they're all sitting on top of his taxi and there's a bit where he has to like get them off the taxi and into the office and past his boss 
which he pulls off as being like, oh, it's nervous energy. But it's really just like Neil Patrick Harris doing some physical comedy bits, which is fine. And in the office, he's like, okay, I have to sit down and work now. And they're like, let's sing a song for you because you're working and we have a work song. And then you proceed to sing the theme song. And he's like, please do not sing. And they're like, can we hum? And he's like, The Smurfs movie is making a great argument for why the Smurfs are bad and no one should like them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they try giving him advice, which is just like random quotes, but with the word Smurf forced into them. It's literally stuff that you could get off of like an inspirational poster. The the best of Inspiral Smurf. (laughs) At one point, Smurfette says, I kissed a Smurf. No, Uh, she she says, I Smurfed a girl and I liked it. And Neil Patrick Harris gives her a concerned look, and so did I. I don't know what's happening, but it, it would make a lot of cosmic sense that the only girl Smurf is a lesbian. It it was, I kissed a Smurf and I liked it. Oh, I thought it was I Smurfed a girl. I mean, I Smurfed a girl would make maybe a little bit more sense, but it's, that's not, I, I don't know. They didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> no one knew what they were doing. They knew not what they did. Katy Perry didn't even know she was in the Smurfs movie, apparently. All of the Smurfettes' lines were just called together from other Katy Perry voice clips. Really? I don't know. Oh, I don't think so. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that was a bit. That, that, was, how they san- that was how they auditioned people. They just pulled voice clips. Okay. Katy yeah. Perry Smurfette deepfake. Sure. Deep Smurf. Can I also mention how I don't like how Smurfette looks because they had to make her look hot. They had to give her, like, human-like proportions on her face when everyone else has the big Smurf nose. I did not notice that. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. She has, like, human eyes. Huh. Yikes. Um, and then we cut to Gargamel talking to Azrael about how he loves to emerge dramatically through the smoke. It's like, ah. He was a theater kid. Yeah. Um, back of the apartment... Clumsy is trying to grow stuff on the fire escape, and Grace comes home, and she's like, they left you behind, that is sad. And Clumsy's like, yes, I am sad, but I also knock things over. And then Grace is like, I also used to be clumsy, but then I had character development. And Clumsy's like, Smurfs don't get character development! Yeah. And then we get to go back to Greg, because he finds, uh, he finds Neil Patrick Harris's place of work. But he, like, he, ha- he has the business card, and he's holding it upside down. And he he looks at it, and he's, like, holding it up to the sign, and he's like, But it's not the same! And ah, so then, close! And then, and then Azariel is just like, look, he's like, turn it around! And he's like, ah, oh, they painted the signs upside down! What idiots they must be! This is the last good joke that Greg has for the next half hour. Yes. <sighs> Do you want me to speedrun, actually, the next several scenes that he has? Yes. Here, I, c- I can handle the first one. Okay. You know young Frankenstein, how Igor does, like, the hunch kind of, like, move around? Yes. Uh, he does that into the building, and he finds, uh, he finds Odile doing a makeup demonstration on an, on an older woman, and he's like, This anti-age serum that you're trying does nothing, but what if you apply Smurf gel to it? 
And it has a, it's a really disgusting scene because it's like a magical turnaround. We're like, oh, look, her hair turned brown. Oh, look, her boobs are better. Oh, look, she's skinny and her butt's big now. And her, it's like, bu- her butt gets big, but it slurps her hips in. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a disgusting turnaround that did not to be that did not need to be in a kids movie. And and Od- is it Odile or Odile? I'm pretty sure it's Odile. Okay, and Odile is like, oh, you have made my mama not to be old. And- no, wait, hold up. I gotta be, well, no. So, I- I was gonna- Sophia Vergara. Yes. yes. You made you my have- mama look beautiful my- again. You made my mother be young. And this kicks off a 20-minute subplot that has no bearing on the movie. It does nothing, because then she's like, I would like to hire you and I will pay you lots of things and give you the powers of the world and call you a genius. And he's like, I like being called a genius. And Azrael does laugh at him for that. And Which then she and Tim and Gunn... Before b- before that, we have a quick interlude where Neil Patrick Harris does shitty Photoshop. Here's the that's thing. it. Here's the thing is that the whole Gargamel subplot, which is pointless, is intercut with Neil Patrick Harris trying to work while the Smurfs are running around, which is also pointless. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, Tim Gunn and Odile take Greg to a fancy restaurant, uh, mm-hmm. and they're like, I "Use the Smurf juice to make everyone beautiful, and I'll pay you lots of money." Here, here, here is the last good joke because they get fancy dinner delivered to them, or fancy lunch delivered to them, and Greg is like, "We, I require a plan to do world domination, and I require knights in shining armor and poison arrows and bowyers." And then he gets his fancy dinner, and and Azariel keeps trying to jump up onto the table to eat his chicken, and he keeps throwing him over his shoulder, which is good. Odile does say, we will make sure that our testing is animal cruelty-free. And uh, Greg is like, why do they make you pay extra for that? <sighs> and then and then he sees a guy going past with an ice bucket, and he's like, finally, a bedpan. And then he does exactly the joke <sighs> that you don't want him to do, but he does it. Funny, funny, funny man, piss and bucket. And then they go back, and then after a few more smurfing scenes, they go back to the office, and Odile's like, I don't fucking know what a smurf is. And she's like, a, a strump for something. And he's like, no, it's a smurf, a smurf. And then Azrael spots Greg, like, go- walking down the way. Oh no, uh, Grace showed up at the office to take the smurfs home. Yeah. And, and then Greg goes, like, back into the office, but then the smurfs escape the taxi because... They're like, we promise we will not leave this bag. And then they see an ad for a telescope. Like, a stargazer! I'm just gonna comment from sitting here about a foot below my chair that that when they were like, let's put a joke about a man pissing in a public restaurant into our kids' movie. That was the point at which I just kind of started skipping through any scenes that weren't that that sh- that didn't show any promise of being like decent human beings. <laughs> the smart plan. I didn't have. I did not. I watched this whole movie. I didn't have to do it a lot, but as soon as I saw, he was like, as soon as he said, like, "Oh, a bedpan," I was like, "No." <sighs> um. But yeah. So Greg has to run after the Smurfs because they ran into a toy star. Or no, Neil Patrick Harris is chasing after the Smurfs because he went to a toy star, and Greg mm-hmm. is also chasing after uh, Neil. Yeah. And yeah, everyone gets FA- to a toy it's store. It's Fao Schwartz, which is oh, a famous hey. uh, toy store. I think it's also the one they went to in. I don't think they went to it in Elf, but I feel like they went to it in maybe like Home Alone or something like that. Okay, 
I don't think they have that in Spider-Man, so I'm not familiar. Probably not. They probably would have charged too much money for the logo. <laughs> uh, at some point, someone showed Smurf and Bungo while they're all running across the store trying to find a stargazer. It's a telescope, but they keep calling it a stargazer. Um, Grouchy gets launched into a bowl of um, blue M&Ms. He's like, oh no, it's Smurf droppings. And then he eats one. He's like, it's delicious. Uh, and then he starts flirting with a stuffed toy of a foddy looking green M&M. <sighs> Didn't need to be in the movie. They cut that. This is like, they keep cutting back to Grouchy flirting with her. He's like telling her her whole life story. And she and she's just sitting there because she's an inanimate object. But she got them DSL because they have to sexualize the green M&M. That's just something they do in the marketing. The only female M&Ms are the green one and the brown one. The green one is the one who's more popularly used. I wonder why. Um, um, uh, Grouchy and Brainy steal a stuffed bear to climb up. Yeah, they, they, they do make a fun joke about, like, oh, hey, we gotta climb this thing to get the, to get the stargazer, and then Shrek Smurf shows up and is like, oh, I hope things don't get too grisly! Um. Wonk. Then the kids start spotting the Smurfs, and they're like, a high-tech toy, I want to buy one! Yeah. And the parents are like, we must buy this toy for our children, and the clerk is like, it's not scanning, as he just starts smashing clumsy against the scanner. It's like, bro, at this point you should have called your manager. Yeah, was this giving you war flashbacks, Tanner? Yeah, no, because at this point I was like, ah, this isn't scanning, uh, you know what, screw it, two dollars, here we go. (laughs) We're trying to clear it out. That's fair. That's valid. Um... At some point, Greg got a hold of the leaf blower and he was using it to suck up the Smurfs. Greg showed up and Azariel just was like being best kitty and pointing out, hey, this thing is able to suck up leaves using mechanical power. You know what it also could probably get? Smurfs. And then Greg was like, let me mug this civil employee for the for the leaf blower and he brings it inside the toy store. And this is the scene where Sky Jackson kicks Neil Patrick Harris in the shin. Yes, because he's trying to rescue the Smurfs because uh, Jayma Mays was like, I need you to come here and help me out, husband. They're lost in FAO Schwartz. And he's like, I'm on my way. And they show up and they they do shenanigans while they try to corral the Smurfs and keep them away from the kids. And there's a very good bit where like Jayma Mays is running around the store and she just like stops dead in the middle of an aisle when she sees Greg and she just turns around. And walks away. <laughs> she also, oh, she scooped up Smurfette because Smurfette was trying to, like, try on a dress from the Barbie aisle or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is Smurfette's arc. Is like, oh, I can wear other clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anyway, Gar- uh, Greg, not Gargamel, Greg, I'm calling him Greg. <laughs> um, Greg goes around and he manages to capture Will actually Smurf, Asshole Smurf, and Shrek Smurf. <laughs> But then he ends up getting Azariel caught in the leaf blower, and Neil Patrick Harris is like, oh, this thing goes both ways. And then they end up ejecting all the Smurfs and the cat. He, it, it is a good scene where he just walks out and I'm like, oh, here, let me help you with that. And he switches it from suck to blow. And he's like, oh, thank you. Ah! Yeah, yeah. And then Greg gets tased. It, the, the scene wraps up because they see Greg getting tased, and Jema and Neil Patrick Harris are like, Okay, uh, well, I'll go get a stargazer, and you get the rest of the Smurfs. Okay, cool. And then they break. (laughs) And then the next part is they're back at the apartment. Uh, Neil is finishing up his ad because he'd been inspired by the Smurfs to incorporate, like, moon imagery into an ad. 
And he's like, this is good. It's, no, it's, it's not very, good. That's very bad Photoshop. It's just bad Photoshop of like a moon and a reflection of the moon and the water and stars around. And he's like, no, this is bad. I'm going to play it safe. And then he sends like other ads to Odile. And he's like, pending your approval, here are the ads for the new campaign. And mm-hmm. and then it's like, okay, well, uh, in, in a few hours, I'll either be vice president or fired. Let's play Guitar Hero. Yeah, it's 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 like it's got the weird thing going on where it's like let's put the camera on an inanimate object, which means that like it's going up and down with the guitar as Neil Patrick Harris is playing Guitar Hero and head banging and stuff, and like the Smurfs join him and will actually Smurf. And Asshole Smurf and Shrek Smurf get to like they sing a really a really bad song about Smurfette. They, yeah, they rap, they do the Run DMC uh, Walk This Way rap because the song is Walk This Way by Aerosmith. Even though at some point mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris, Harris says, "Look, it's Gene Simmons." Um, so first off, I'm um, I'm pretty sure that the song is about flirting with girls who either are or look underage. So that's already woof and yikes. But yikes. then the Smurfs start to rap about how they want to bang Smurfette. Or the, I'm assuming that's what the song is about, because that's what Smurfette exists for. Yeah. And I kind of stopped listening to the lyrics after Shrek Smurf talked about uh, Smurfette's, smirt, Smurfette's skirt go- going way up her knees. Yeah, I kind of tuned out after that point, too. And then they literally followed it up in the next scene, because it's like, oh, like, Jayma Maze and Girl Smurf were having, were having girl bonding times! And brushing our hair! And then she comes out in the new outfit that I'm presuming they bought from FAO Schwartz, and it's literally just- Or stole. Or stole. And it's literally just, like, the Marilyn Monroe dress, but on a Smurf. And she does the Marilyn Monroe thing when she steps over a heating grate. And I'm like, did you need to do this? Yeah, they did, beca- because then Shrek Smurf. <laughs> but then Shrek Smurf is like, oh, what if I made a joke about how me dick is getting aired out by this air gust? <laughs> and I was like, this does not need to be in this movie. <sighs> Uh, and then clumsy like trips over the lap uh, Neil Patrick Harris's laptop seven times. Uh, oh, because the the ad campaign is approved, and clumsy is like yay. And then he trips over Neil Patrick Harris's laptop seven times, and he sends the moon ad to the publisher instead of the ad that he sent to Odile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we get we get to see the second incident of them pulling from a much better movie because they pull at Gandalf in the Two Towers. With Gargamel in his prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> they He like, it's like Greg captures a moth and he's like, I need you to fly and bring me eagles. And he like throws it out the window and it like flutters up. And then it comes back the next day with, you guessed it, a horde of flies. No, see, here's the thing. I didn't guess it because I thought when he told the moth to get him eagles, it was co- going to come back with pigeons. <laughs> Because it's New oh, York. Oh, that, that would have that been fun. But no, it's just a whole mass of flies. And so that that is kind of funny. Yeah. But then yeah. the scene lasts eight years <laughs> too long. Because before that happens, we have to see like the enforcer on the prison yard being like, That's my bench! And then Gargamel gets to fly with the flies. And then the flies like smack him into the basketball backboard like three times before carrying him over the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways. Yeah, yeah it's... My my only note here was um, 
was Neil Patrick Harris and Papa Smurf have a parenting moment, and then Greg gets out of prison by way of insect plague. Yeah, Papa Smurf was like, never give up on family. I didn't expect to hear a Fast and the Furious reference in the Smurfs movie, but you know what? Let's go for the it. The Fast and the Smurfiest. Oh god, they just, they're just in little teeny tiny RC cars. <laughs> Vin Diesel Smurf? Uh, Jack Smurf. <laughs> Jack Smurf, Nitro Smurf, Girl Smurf. <laughs> okay, I was, I'm pretty sure Fast and Furious is more girls than just one. Second Girl Smurf. Hacker Smurf. Idris Elba Smurf shows up. <laughs> Who are you supposed to be? Oh, I'm super villain Smurf. Cut the check Smurf. <laughs> Hashtag justice for Han Smurf. Third girl Smurf. <laughs> Anyways, the Smurfs have uh, grown and painted flowers all over the apartment. I hope that doesn't mess up their lease. Also, oh, God, yeah. they turned the office into a nursery. And it's like, I like the scene of them like waking up and like, oh, hey, look, things can even grow in the in the literal concrete jungle that is New York. But then they're like, oh, you've put lots of you've you've destroyed my office and set it up as a nursery instead. And then they see, oh, look, there's the blue moon. It's there out the window. And it's the ad that clumsy Smurf accidentally sent. Um, which, which, okay, and- here's, here's the thing. We saw the ad that he sent, and it's just the shitty Photoshop of the the moon reflecting in the water. At no point is like the, there anything different. But then we see the actual ad, and it's like the moon, and it is glowing blue, and the blue reflection, and it says "Angelou" over top of the see, moon. See here, here, here's here's the designer's insight into how this happened. Please tell me what is, the fuck happened. So Neil Patrick Harris, by way of clumsy Smurf, sent off this. I'm assuming it was probably a flattened 72 DPI JPEG at 11.59, and they told the poor designer they had doing the motion graphics for the ads, they told this designer at 12.15 a.m. that we needed to have that we need to have this ready for digital ad usage in six hours, and then this poor digital designer, this motion graphics designer, went through and set up the entire thing probably from scratch because they weren't because they had to go through and find images that weren't watermarked and ones that were not 72 dpi to be shown on a multiple story tall ad in times square yep and they get paid peanuts for it yep (laughs) pay your artists uh so now neil patrick harris hates the smurf again yeah He's like, I'm so mad, and now I'm gonna lose my job. And he has to be chased out into the street by Jama Mays, who was like, you need to see the big picture, and also you need to not yell at the Smurfs in particular, because they chose us. And it's also all about an allegory about being parents and having a baby. Yeah, because he says, I never want a house full of little people running around. And they're like, but a baby is a little person. And then Grace mm-hmm. is like, listen, this is our blue moon. It's once in a lifetime. Except, well, it's not It's not because there's a Smurfs 2 where they're both in it again. And also, there's literally so many blue moons that happen. Literally, the only qualifier for a blue moon is that it's the second time it happens in a month. As the Smurfs go by, water smurfing underground. I don't know that one, actually. It's the song Once in a Lifetime. Oh, okay, okay. This is not my beautiful Smurf! This is not my beautiful wife. And you ask yourself, my Smurf, what have I done? 
Greg is back at uh, Castle Belvedere, and Azrael is like, look, your contraption has a teeny tiny drop of Smurf juice left in it. And uh, Greg is like, ah, thank you, Azrael, to think I almost ate you that one time. To which Azrael goes, what? (laughs) (laughs) I think it literally got subtitled as what? (laughs) (laughs) On Netflix, and they literally were like, yep, that cat is saying what? (laughs) Yep. That was a good moment. Thank you, Azrael. Yes, thank you, Asriel. And, like, this is then intercut with Neil Patrick Harris showing up at Times Square, and he looks around and he sees, he sees the big picture. Because literally. All of, literally, he literally sees the big picture because it's all of the ads for the Blue Moon that one by one pop in on the electric billboards around Times Square. And then he also sees the big picture because he finds out that at some point, Either Jama Mays or the Smurfs snuck a picture of the ultrasound into his jacket pocket. And then that's when his pregnancy hormones activate and he decides to be a parent. He also, he sees a third big picture when he sees, uh, like, a family in Times Square and there's a, a the toddler walking, waddling towards their father. And Theo Patrick mm-hmm. Harris is like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be a father. Dang, man. Dad! <sighs> And then we get to see the Smurfs taking the subway. <laughs> Don't Smurf in the subway, darling. Except, except for clumsy because they left him at home again. And yeah, they, they there's there's jokes about them riding the subway. And, oh, it's going so fast and we can't hold on to anything because there's no Smurf-sized handholds. <laughs> but so before Neil Patrick Harris hated the Smurfs again, they determined that they had to find a place that had like magic books. And he's like, well, there's an antique bookshop mm-hmm. uh, like right beside my work. And the Smurfs are like, great, we will go there. And so now they have gone there to Wong's Magical Bookstore. And I don't know if this is a reference to anything from the, the cartoon. But anyways, they find an actual like Smurfs comic book. Yeah, because earlier in the movie when they were d- when Neil Patrick Harris did the first Google of the movie, he was like, he literally Googled Smurfs and found the cartoon that had that in in the context of this movie that the creator um Peo yeah. I think was his name yeah. or his like his pen name at least but they found the the comic by Peo he said that they were about he said it was about mythical creatures and then this bookstore has a copy of it and then a Papa Smurf is like but look at the shapes that are made by the drawing because it is actually a magical transcription in our language okay yeah that's that's what it is, and they do another Toy Story pull because they get to like sneak up to this thing by hiding underneath like walking popcorn containers instead of traffic cones, like in Toy Story Two. And Gre- Greg had a good line here because he was trying to find the Smurfs in New York City again, and he says, "I am but a simple wizard of simple desires, limitless power, and world adulation." And I was like, "Yep, that's a wizard." And then he sees the Smurfs go in. He's uh, either him or Azrael, probably Azrael, because Azrael has the brain cell. <laughs> yeah, uh, really. Sees the Smurfs in the place, and they go into the place. Mm-hmm. And then, like Greg sees the dragon wand from Papa's vision. Mm-hmm. So he puts the Smurf juice in that instead. Mm-hmm. And they they have a chase scene around the bookstore. At one point, they do yell, "Smurfentine! Smurfentine!" <laughs> that was a good moment. It was. It was a good moment. Um, but then Papa gets got. He's like, well, actually, Smurf, I need you to cast the magic spell tonight. I trust you with the magic powers. Go. And then they escape on a flock of pigeons. Which is like, you know what? You could probably find 
just random flocks of pigeons, and they would be dumb enough to ride on. Yeah. I love I love pigeons, they're dumb. Yes. Um, and then Neil Patrick Harris, he runs home, and he tries to apologize to Grace with a no-dial call, so he's just like, you know what, I'm gonna kill two birds with one smurf. Um. <laughs> By the way, most of our smurf jokes are probably better than the movie smurf jokes. Yeah, the, the movie smurf jokes are pretty much just, let's just take the word smurf and just pick a random word from a sentence and replace it with smurf. We have a smurf smurfing. peg that we're forcing into a round hole. Exactly. Again, I should write the Smurfs movie. <sighs> but at what cost? God, at what cost? $750. <laughs> but yeah, and he apologizes to both his wife and his boss at the same time. Something about like, oh, it's, it's once in a lifetime. Just like a blue moon. And then she's like, okay, well, if I decide to fire you, I'll at least call you back to tell you. And then the Smurfs crash in with the pigeons. <laughs> was was this the point which Jayma Mays had to say the line, I so smurfing love you? I may have blacked out at whenever she said that, because I don't recall that. It sounds like it would happen in this film. Yeah, it did. But I, th- I, I believe that at this point watching the movie, my brain had become smooth like an egg. Can I offer you a brain in this trying time? <laughs> Please, I'm begging you. <laughs> I am once again asking you for a brain cell. Can I offer you a Smurf instead? No. <laughs> um. Anyway, they all the the party reconvenes at the tavern, and they're like, "But we can't go rescue Papa Smurf from Greg because the four of us who were there promised." The clumsy's like, I didn't promise. And Neil Patrick Harris is like, I didn't promise either. So let's lead the rescue to go rescue Papa. And the dog didn't promise either. Yes. Because, like, then just very briefly, we see Greg extracting more food coloring gel from Papa's beard hair. Which is a terribly cursed sentence that I can't believe I just had to say. He does say that he's going to suck up the Smurf essence from their sweat and their tears and everything. And, like, as Papa gets put through the machine, we find out this is literal. It is. And he, Greg then uses, like, his magic to transform the machinery to literally be his extraction setup. And, like, this particular set piece apparently took them three months to construct simply because this entire thing was functioning and they needed very specific parts that they had to find on eBay. I think I think someone on the production team was actually trying to get Smurf juice. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, then Back in Black starts playing. Yeah. Back in Black! I have to say it! Why don't you have to navigate back? Cut loose! It's juice! I can't do that anymore. I need to get it. like a bird. Also, I feel like it's probably black and back and blue. Actually, anyways, it's mm-hmm. it's basically a let's fuck shit up lineup. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is like walking all tough guy like with a crowbar. Yeah. Um, Clumsy has a pickle sticker. Brainy's got a ladle. Grumpy has a pencil and a jam lid shield, and Smurfette has a fork. Um, and the dog and is there too. And then there's just Elway just being a good dog. And here's, here's the, okay, okay, so minor spoilers, because the movie's almost done, thank God. But I thought at some point Elway would have a fight with Azrael, but no, Elway's just there for moral support, I guess. No one even rides him. He's doing a good job. Um, and then it cuts over to Grace, 
who like throws open a dumpster and a bunch of balloons float up holding a bowling ball, and then Shrek Smurf is flying a quadcopter and he like hooks onto the balloons to carry the bowling ball with him. Mm-hmm. Which is like I don't know how much helium it would have taken to be able to lift a bowling ball. A dumpster's but worth, I guess. I guess a dumpster's worth. And they basically just they 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 do the thing. Well, actually, Smurf is able to do the magic spell that turns the mood blue. He smurfs the and, moon. Yeah, he smurfs the moon. And then we get a cut to like the launch party, which is happening on a rooftop for the new cosmetic line. And it like the mood the moon turns blue. And it is like a it is a really cool effect. And everyone at the party like sees us and they're like, Oh, Odile was responsible for this. This is so cool. And she's like, Yes. I will take this victory for my own, and I will laud it to myself and my ancestors. They straight up call it the Arjalu Moon! Yeah. Anyways, now it's Smurf Braveheart. Yeah, it is, literally. Because it's like, oh, Greg puts Papa in the extractor, and then we hear a minor key Smurf theme. La, 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 thud. La, 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 la. I can't. I can't keep doing this, Tanner. The Smurfs are stealing Christina's voice. They are, and it's like, oh look, Brainy brought the entire Smurf village with him, and they, 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 they just literally throw every single inanimate object that you could buy at Walmart and that they could make a joke about. They throw everything at Greg. Yeah, it's like, yeah, and, and then Walmart. And I feel. I feel bad for Hank Azaria because he's literally just standing there and getting pelted with eggs and golf balls and nails stuck into apples and frying pans. Yeah. Not the bowling ball, though, because he's able to zap it into smithereens with his Smurf juice. Um, Mm -hmm. While this is happening, Smurfette is trying to rescue Papa, but then she has to fight with Azrael. Uh, A bunch of slapstick happens, and at the end, she's able to... It's a cat fight. It is a cat fight. At the end, she's able to slam a cage on top of him and, like, takes a chunk out of his ear because that's what his ear looked like in the cartoon. Which, that that got me very upset. Yeah. Oh, no, the one that made me upset was when she, like, throws a nail into his mouth and he chokes on it briefly before horking it up. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give, what was the cat's name? The cat actor's? Azrael or Mr. Crinkle. I want to give Mr. Crinkle a big hug. Mr. Crinkle was probably on set for approximately 30 minutes. <laughs> Good, good, Mr. Crinkle. Um, Greg siphons off some extra Smurf juice from the moon and uses it to bag some Smurfs. Uh, but then... In- including, including, Wilhelm Smurf. <laughs> who goes, ah! As, uh, as, as they get, like, whipped around in the magic hurricane that Greg is forming, you just hear a Wilhelm scream as a Smurf flies by. Yeah. It's Wilhelm Smurf. Um, and then Shrek Smurf is able to knock the wand out of Greg's hand, and then Clumsy's like, I'm gonna catch it! And Papa's like, oh no, the vision, this is how everyone dies. And every in slow motion, every single Smurf is like, we're all going to die, because if Clumsy doesn't catch the wand, Greg will win, I guess. But then Clumsy does catch the wand, because we never actually saw Clumsy not catch the wand in the vision, just that he was trying to catch the wand. Yeah. He he lands safely on the ground and he's like, I caught it! And then Greg tries to go for the wand, but then he, but then Clumsy's able to do a blasting off again and sends 
Greg skyrocketing into a pile of trash bags, and then he gets hit by an MTA bus with a blue moon on it. Yep. The Smurfs are like, yay, Greg, we killed him. Uh, Papa's like, you're a hero, Clumsy. And Clumsy's like, hooray! And then he punches out the Scottish, and he punches out Shrek and uh, Asshole. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, I guess we won't call you Hero Smurf after all, because he did literally just punch out two people by accident. Yeah. Uh, and then all the Smurfs go home. Yeah, they hit Papa and Clumsy Smurf get to have a proud of you son moment, and after that, like Jema and Neil Patrick Harris reunite, and they all just kind of stand by and watch them, like going like goodbye, 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 <laughs> and Smurfette and Jema Mays have a moment here where Jema calls her girlfriend. And then Smurfette's like, I've never had a girlfriend before! The canon lesbian character of the day is Smurfette! And then they literally say like, oh, I'll never forget you, Grace! And I'm just like, huh? What? Why? Yeah, and so then the humans are walking home, and he gets a call from Odile, and she's like, finally someone has given me what I want. There, there is a, there's like a cute little moment because Papa Smurf and Neil Patrick Harris get to hug goodbye and they call each other Papa. And then like narrator Smurf from the beginning is the last one back through the portal. And he's narrating like, and on this night, New York finally came under the silent happy spell of a blue moon and all was right with the world. And, and then he, someone goes like, really? Like, just get in the portal, dude. Come on. Anyways, that's the end. The movie is done. Yes. Oh, yes, Odile doesn't fire Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris does at this point say, I smurf you. I hope and you I got a lot of money off of this. Actually, no, he was, he was probably in it so that his kids could watch. Probably, yeah. Uh, I guess. But anyways, um, the credits have pictures that are blatantly like 3D designed because I forgot this movie was in the real D 3D. <laughs> yeah, I forgot it was in 3D either until like... Until I saw the credits, and that was literally until that was how long it took for me to forget. <laughs> um, the song playing during the credits is Ready to Go, Get Me Out of My Mind by Panic! At the Disco. That's who I thought it was by, but I didn't I didn't watch it long enough to see the credits. I, I missed the songs because I was dissociating, so I had to look it up afterwards. Um, but I initially mm-hmm. thought it was something by Walk the Moon. I can see that, yeah. Just because this is this is off the third album, which I haven't listened to, because I kind of fell out of panic at the disco, but I'm pretty sure this was the phase where they sounded like Walk the Moon. Okay, okay. Uh, also, during the credits, we get to see that Neil Patrick Harris and Jayma Mays, uh, they had their baby, who's healthy, and his name is Blue. Gross. It, look, it's not the worst name. It is if you're named after the concept of Smurfs. True. And then we get to see, like, oh, the Smurfs made, they rebuilt their city to be many versions of New York, including things like being able to have carriage rides, but the squirrel is the one pulling the carriage. And asshole Smurf got his, uh, got his girlfriend in the form of a plushie of the green M&M. He commissioned a thotty green M&M body pillow! <sighs> yeah... And then there's, like, the sequel hook at the end where Azariel wakes up Greg lying in a New York City alleyway, and he's like, what are you looking at? Directly to the screen. And it's like, okay. And then we're done. And then we're done. We're done. We're finally smurfing done with this smurfing movie. (laughs) Not quite, Christina. It took us almost the entire runtime of this movie 
to just so far in recording to discuss this movie. Although I will say, proportionally, I think we were more efficient talking about this than we were about an episode of Glee. Probably, yeah, depending on which episode. Um, but no, Christina, we're not quite finished because I have to ask you, what was your favorite song from the movie? <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that it was the credit song. I'll go for the credits song. It's the only one that I can remember having a having a vaguely positive emotion about. Same. Are we doing bests for this one? We are. Which uh which episode which part of this movie would you choose to condense down into a gel-like substance that you could use to cast magic? Gold star equivalent. Um yeah, cuz I was going to say a, a gel-like substance that sounds like a slushy. <laughs> Yeah, true. Um, I am going to gold star Azrael. I think I'm also go. Do I want to gold star Azrael? Do I want to gold star the fact that Neil Patrick Harris and Jima Mays actually got to like emote in this movie? I'm going to gold star Azrael. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Good kitty. Good kitty. Good job. Um, and one of the many, many smurfing problems with this movie. Piss joke. Piss joke. Yes. Okay. Cool. I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to slushy the. What was it? Walk this way. Wrapping Smurfs. Okay. Smurfs should also not good. wrap unless they are the wrapping Smurf. Is there a wrapping Smurf? I don't know. Also, I just remember. Did you catch the part where there was a passive aggressive Smurf? Yeah, they mentioned how there's a passive aggressive Smurf who. He he always seems nice, but then you feel weird after. <laughs> Who apparently is someone that already existed in the canon of the Smurfs. They didn't create him for the movie. Did, okay, now, did, did he already exist? Because were you looking at the Wikipedia list of Smurfs? I was not looking at the list of Smurfs, but I was I saw somewhere a couple of times the fact that they were like, the only ones that we created for this movie, they created Shrek Smurf and they created, like, two others. But that was it. Yeah, Crazy Smurf and Narrator Smurf. Ah. Um, but I think that was just, like, characters that they showed that they created, because there are still, like, appears in or mentioned in notes on the Wikipedia page for List of Smurfs. Uh, da 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 Oh, narrated, Passive-Aggressive Smurf is first mentioned in the movie, but he wasn't, didn't make his on-screen appearance until the second movie, where he is voiced by Jimmy Kimmel. Huh. Interesting. Interesting choice. I feel like everyone who was involved in this movie was co- was the result of the producers going through like their Rolodex and just being like, "Hey, who can you call up to come in and do some voice work for a couple of hours?" Katy Perry, yeah, sure, let's get her in. Jonathan Winters, yeah, sure, let's go for it. Let's get him back in here. Fred Armisen, why not? Couldn't reach Quentin Tarantino. Good. I'm tapped out. Me too. I don't have a thought. I don't have a thought in my head right now. I'm I'm suffering psychic damage right now. I don't know. If, I don't know if there's a way to wrap up this episode. Well, we do have our just the wrap up that we say with the words that we know. Yeah. Loser like me is part of the Cora Podcast Network, and we can be heard on your Smurf casting platform of choice. And if we aren't there, let us know, and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and through Loser Like Me Pod at gmail.com. We also have a Discord that you can be reached through links in the episode description. And if that link isn't working, then message us or just on the Twitter or on the Discord or on the email, and we'll invite you into the Discord. 
Let's talk about something good next time, Christina. Yeah, let's talk about something good next time. And I don't remember what's... Well, air quotes good. I don't remember what's going to happen. But we're going to be watching something that's certainly going to be better than this movie, The Smurfs, that we had to watch for today. Yep. Uh, we're going to be introduced to the Gleeky Smurfs. Uh, you know, Star Smurf. Gay Smurf. Tall Smurf. Diva Smurf. Christian Smurf. Mohawk Smurf. Goth Smurf. I think that's just a character from Smurfs 2, which we do have to watch. We signed a contract. We will have to watch Smurfs 2 after Glee Season 2. I refuse. Okay. I refuse! What What if we watch it, but on a different podcast? What if, what if we bring Smurfs 2 to Saturday Morning Obscurities instead? I don't think it's... Is it obscure enough for us to talk about it with Melissa and James, but also... Well, no one wants to see to... it. I don't want to subject my friends to the to this after having, like... You don't want to subject your friends to bad media, and yet we run a Glee podcast. Interesting. I, ta- Tanner. They just pose their hands like the Kekaku means playing. Just according to oh, Smurf. But Tanner, like, I, I literally, like, I was watching this movie, and... I was about 22 minutes in because I was trying to pause and, like, I was trying to take notes and stuff as the movie was rolling. And I, my roommate walked by to get lunch and I was telling her about all the things that happened in this movie and I realized that it was only 30 minutes in. And she was like, you know, like, like you could, like, is there a way that you could, like, You could just fire your podcast co-host. She, she was like, could you just, like, not watch it? Or could you watch it in, like, bits or something? I was like, no. I know that Tanner already watched it, and if they watch this whole thing, then I have to watch it as well. I can't let them suffer alone. <laughs> because solidarity. That's why next time we enhance the suffering. <sighs> Listen, we'll figure it out while we get there. We have a whole year's worth of Glee to watch. Okay. It may not be better, but it'll be different. Okay. Say goodbye, Christina. Bye, Christina. And scene. Wait, we didn't count it out. Oh, should we actually? And that's what you missed on the Smurfs. And that's what you missed on the Smurfs. Okay, I'm stopping. Okay.
Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Loser like me